Hey, what's up? It's Peter Rosenberg, uh, ESPN, WWE, Hot 97, all that stuff. I'm live from New York City right now. I'm hanging with Bear the Dog, and you're not listening to the worst podcast, but at the same time, it's not the best podcast. No, no, literally, you're listening to not the best podcast, all right? Talking about real-life issues, real-life things, real talk, real people, all right? Not the best podcast. I'm Peter Rosenberg. Peace. Welcome to the podcast. It's not the best podcast, but the expectations in the name. So you can't say we didn't warn you. Alongside Naldo, alongside Reg, it's me, the D-I-Z. Why does it always make me laugh when you do that? <laughs> I do it just to make you laugh, actually. I think I think that's what it is, bro. I think you do it on purpose. It's like a trigger. Oh, <clears throat> Sorry about that. <laughs> so anyway, guys, um, this episode, we have a very special guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a lot of titles, a lot of different titles. Uh, mm-hmm. She's our uh, sorority sister. Uh, she's mm-hmm. my cousin-in-law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is social work extraordinaire extraordinaire consultant on many different topics and such do you need help yeah. <laughs> you know what <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen miss marianne <laughs> dear hey, not too many though, just one. No, word, and don't 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 rewind what I say a hundred times. Like let's not do that. We got new hot fire consultants. <laughs> it's grizzly girl. <laughs> so, Marianne, how's your uh your 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 pandemic uh what do you call it your pandemic experience? <laughs> Experience. Then, then what's that been what? like? I mean, let's, let's, let's ask each other about our weeks first and all that. You know? I thought we weren't doing that. I asked yeah. you and you were like, oh, well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we always ask I don't even know what I did weeks. this week. It was great. Not the best in true form. No, no, we still, right. still, right. still ask about each other's weeks, though, you know? Like, how was your week? We still always right. ask about each other's week. Sure. I mean, in Deuce's defense, he did. He did ask. He did, though. So how's, your, how's your week been? Right. <laughs> I haven't seen you guys since Thanksgiving. I mean, we haven't recorded since this is after true. the holidays. This is true. It's been two weeks. This is mm. true. We do have to check in. You know? you know what yeah. There's COVID vaccines out in the streets now. Fun Flex got lipo. I mean, there's a lot of news that happened, guys. There's a lot of That's things that have happened. Yo, no, no knows more than I expected. Son. This Come guy on. said he didn't. And he found it all out today. That's it. I'm up to man. date. I mean, today, today was an episode. Today. Today was an episode. Oh, man. So, I guess what do you want to talk about first, Naldo? Fuck Flex's yeah. lipo? How was your week, Naldo? What was going on the last two weeks with you? Well, last week it was really cold down here. So, that was, you know, I was Son. kind of bundling up all week. We're going to play this um, game again? Stop. Hold on. Time out. Been... Time out, bro. Time out. Besides that, it's been... Son, you live in Florida. What is cold? No, I understand. I'm just saying, just respect, 72 respect degrees. my perspective. Okay, you're right. You're right. What, so, so <laughs> tell me, what, the, what was the number? He, he so, wore, uh, actually, one uh, morning we woke up, it was 44 degrees. He wore a sweater vest today. That's how you know it was cold. That's pretty cold. That's, That's pretty cold. Right, you wake up 44 degrees. Like, come on, man. There's the animals outside are dying. Lizards, are, lizards are freezing up and dying. And you guys think it's a game? All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well put. Well, well played. Well, you well know, played. forget you guys. Marianne, how has your pandemic been? <laughs> forget our two weeks, right? Yep. Yeah, right. Tell me about your pan, your whole pandemic. <laughs> 
<laughs> we jump in right there. top. <laughs> Give me your last night, butts. Go. Right? So, March 13th. Is that your birthday? When's your birthday? March 9th, actually. March 9th. March 9th. Mm-hmm. I came back on March 16th. Mm-hmm. 16th. Um, I went on a solo trip for my 38th birthday to Columbia. Nice. And came back and I was like, what? I thought I was in some kind of like sci-fi Twilight Zone type joint. I was like, wait a minute. Um, very limited Ubers at JFK mm-hmm. Airport, which is mm-hmm. unheard of. Everybody um, wrapped in plastic. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what is going on? So, you know, the first two weeks, um, I came back and I had to quarantine. Mm-hmm. I actually went all the way into work, and they were like, "Nope, you can go home." Uh, <laughs> were you got a quarantine. You had to do that by the time you came back, or is it? It was like new to you that you had to come back and quarantine. It was new to me because mm-hmm. prior to me leaving, there wasn't a right. shutdown. I left yeah. on the seventh of March, mm-hmm. and within a matter of eight nine days, yeah, so much had occurred that hadn't that's, happened before I left. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. That perspective's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first two weeks of quarantine was pretty cool. You know, I was like, all right, get to stay home. Um, you almost I'm never chilling. made it back to the country. <laughs> like, Say that again? You almost never made it back to the country. I yeah, I missed it by a day. Yeah, you could have got locked, yeah, locked, locked abroad. Yeah, because in fact, I left. <laughs> locked up abroad. Facts. I left the night of the 15th. So had I left on the 16th, I wouldn't have been able to come home. Oh, I'd have been Which is not necessarily a bad thing now that I think no, back no, no, to right, it. No, 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 right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, so I'm assuming I mean, you had a time of your life down there. I had an amazing time. It yeah. was my first solo trip ever. Uh-huh. Really? Um, I yeah. Feel like you, I feel like you take solo trips. I know. Everybody says that. I do a lot of things alone, mm-hmm. but uh, that was my first solo trip abroad. Um, That's a big ass yeah. solo trip. It was dope. <laughs> I got up when I wanted to. I went to bed when I wanted to. I ate what I wanted to. Um, whatever excursions to I wanted to do. You want to do this? You want to do right, that? right. Are you fluent I, in Spanish? No, not as not as fluent as I should be. Um, okay. But I mean, I understand it, so I got by, and I broke my little Spanglish out, and um, yeah. they're very sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> they help the kid out. You know, Google Translate is wonders. It, it does mm-hmm. wonders. Mm-hmm. So that's dope. I worked right. it out. That's cool. Sure. That's cool. Yeah, I always so, I thought you do a lot. I thought you did. I thought you've done solo trips prior to that, but yeah, no, solo trips. But it wouldn't be the cool. last. Um, yeah, I think everyone should go, mm, whether yeah. you're single, partnered, married. Mm. I think everyone should explore a solo trip at some point in time. I would think I would like to think that even after I was married, that that's not something that would stop. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm gonna have to ask the powers that be on that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm, I can't get no more trips. Uh, don't even yeah. Think, yeah, I don't know if that's possible. I mean, it's either. all about balance, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not yeah. saying yeah. ditch your wife and your kids with no with no warning and be like, I'm out. I need to go find myself. That's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But I'm mm-hmm. saying with proper planning, proper supports in place, I think everybody needs some time to recharge, rejuvenate, get back to the things that you like outside yeah. of your everyday responsibilities and come back to the table. Ready to do it all over again. Rejuvenated. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah is... rejuvenated. Hey, yo, Deuce, uh, put, can you cut that clip out send it to me so I can use that? <laughs> you can show it to Lacey. <laughs> don't do that. Me, Lacey and I are real cool. Don't, I don't do that. I know y'all are, man. That's why I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to use the muscle. Right, you know right. right. <laughs> Fire. Awesome, man. Dope, man. It is. <clears throat> I'd, I'd like to have a I haven't been on a trip in a long time. I haven't been on a trip since Reg's wedding, really, I guess. Mm. 
Yeah. So yeah. so after after the quarantine, what was it like? You had to go back to work or? Um, after quarantine, I did go back to work. Yeah. So. So they never closed or anything like that? No, no. Okay. At the time, I was sign language interpreting. So, right. and I was doing relay services. So, I mean, we were considered essential. Uh, we provide right. all communication for those using relay services, for deaf and hard of hearing folks using relay services. So, no, I was commuting in the heart of it all. Taking the train, 34th Street looked like a, a ghost, ghost town. town. It was crazy. It was crazy. I, I just... No, 42nd Street with nobody out there. I was just like, wow. It's this weird. Is wild. I saw mm -hmm. pictures and didn't even believe it, man. Like yeah. somebody showed me a picture of Madison Avenue was just like, yo, this is yeah. this is it. <laughs> like yep. there's tumbleweed going across the street. Like Yeah. That's weird, man. The city, bro. Damn. It was wild. <clears throat> so first couple weeks it was cool. Then when we started hitting month uh two, three, that's when you really start remembering how single you are <laughs> uh, <laughs> ain't nobody gonna bring me a pack of water and some toilet paper <laughs> where you at fam where are you at <laughs> oh man it's interesting you say that right because i mean i have so many friends single particularly mm -hmm. women friends you know at this age who are beautiful accomplished educated women who are still single these days and it's it's kind of I always wondered, like, you know, how, how how does that feel? Like, what's dating like in your 30s? And, you know, obviously it's probably different, very different than in your 20s. Because I, I feel like you have to be very um, intentional about what you do mm -hmm. when it comes to dating I, at this age. I'd like to hear your, you your the two, the two, the, 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 the difference between the two in Marianne's perspective. Mm. That would be... I don't Amazing. know, because sometimes I'm wondering if I'm still dating in my 20s with some, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some of these characters out here. I'm like, well, what's going on? What's going on, sir? Like, help me understand. <laughs> so you feel clear. that way because of the because of the potential candidates, if you will, that make you feel like you're still dating in your 20s? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How so? Um, well, I, I think, let me, let me put this disclaimer out. Um, in the beginning of the year, I started to clean up shop had to get real clear about what was occupying my space mm -hmm. out of loneliness and out of intention. There was a lot of stuff occupying my space out of loneliness. You have to reevaluate you know, the, the roster. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do y'all say the football <laughs> flag on the play? Like, it was no, like, hey, man, no, we gotta not, go back. There's no flag on the play yet. No, it was just reevaluating. No, it's preseason. General manager. It's preseason. General manager. And it was right before evaluate. the spring. It was right before the spring. You were you were seeing it was about to get cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had to go back. We had yeah. to reevaluate. Um, mm -hmm. And so in reevaluating the roster, I was like, well, shit, the whole team got to go. Like, this mm -hmm. is it's just it's got to go. You got certain you, you know, and, and let me not make it seem like it's a rebuild here. <laughs> you know what? It was a re it was it was it was a rebuilding with myself. Though. Uh, OK, I like that. It wasn't even a rebuilding because, you know, at some point you do have to kind of center in on yourself and figure out why you're attracting the same kind of energy. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, some don't get me wrong. Some people are just, you said this was free, right? I could say whatever. Yeah, okay, yeah, some, yeah. People, yeah, some people are just shitty. Like some mm -hmm. people just yeah. say shit. Mm -hmm. And that's just mm -hmm. what it is, right? And it doesn't mm -hmm. have, it's not a personal indictment on you. It's not a personal indictment on you when someone chooses to show up in a way that is completely counterproductive to whatever your intent is. I do think at some point, though, you have to own how you show up in some of that. So mm -hmm. if I could be honest with myself, yeah, the dudes I dated, they said they wanted a relationship, but they also said they wanted to go with the flow first. 
Hmm. Like, you know, I'm just going with the flow. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, I just, so yeah, right? Y'all are cringing. Because <laughs> y'all like, oh, that's the shit we do. Yeah. <laughs> that is the shit y'all do. Y'all you know, might not do it now. You don't, don't say y'all. Don't say y'all. No, say you could say y'all. Because even now, I'm, I'm, as you said it, I was like, there's nothing wrong with going with the flow at first. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing there wrong isn't. with things. As long as both of you, that's your intent on both sides. Right. 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 But you can't come and in saying one thing and then flip the script and when how you're long already invested in that. Well, here, here's how it works. Right. So that it works, so that you think it's working on both sides. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I'm just going with the flow. But, you know, I'm open to a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Shrug. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, you know, I think I am. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Uh, like, check the posture, though, right? Don't don't look like double dutching, though. Like, in and you out. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know? I might be like, yeah, maybe not. Like, when you say I'm open to a relationship, I think you know that just that means nothing. You know, like I'm open to celebrating Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> My point exactly. But what happens most times when people say a fraction of what you want them to say? Mm-hmm, right. You listen mm-hmm. to the fraction mm-hmm. of what is most appealing to you. Yes. And then you kind of dismiss all the other red flags. Mm-hmm. And when the truth is, in the first maybe two conversations, you got everything you needed right then and there. Yeah. And so yeah. um, for me, it was like, okay, you got to start asking some of the hard questions first so you can avoid the where is this going six months down the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you got to sit with yourself a little bit on that. How have those conversations gone as far as like, you know, potential candidates? Like, are they understanding? Like, is it like a fight? Like, you know, I think it depends on the person and where they are. I think if they're honest, too, about the fact that we both may not be on the same page, it's been very easy. It's like, you know what? You're right. I'm not looking for the same things you're looking for, not at this time, or you and I, we're cool, but I don't know that we're compatible in that way, which is also a very real thing too, right? Because you can have hella chemistry with someone and not be compatible with them in the long term. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So even having to dissect that, like, yeah, he's cool as hell, but you know, he's not financially savvy or he doesn't mm-hmm. have a hard work ethic or you know he's not family oriented so he might be cool in a moment but when you're thinking about the long-term aspect of things y'all may not be compatible in that way mm. and so i think it was a matter of being honest about what my negotiables and non-negotiables were um once mm-hmm. i was very clear about that i feel like the energy i attracted was very clear too mm-hmm. so you know it's like yes i want x y and z no i don't want x y and z or mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, let's get to know one another, and then getting to know getting to know each other. Even though we want the same things, we're not necessarily wanting it with one another. And mm-hmm. I think that's the easier pill to swallow when you feel like someone's intentions are shared, and they're not gaming you to try to get something out of it by suggesting that they may want something from you that they know they don't want, or that they're not ready to show up and show out in. Um, this this might sound like a strange question. How much of I guess someone's social interaction do you attribute to their level of education? Hmm. That's um, a great question, dude. I wouldn't say that I hold so much weight on that because I've mm-hmm. met some of the most educated brothers who are emotionally immature, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. lack emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. then I've met those who lack formal education in in the sense of the word and are extremely sound and present and ready to show up so um i if you're talking about social interactions as far as like 
who they hang with, who they, what their circle looks like. Yeah. I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's really what all of that encompasses, right? Because I think mm -hmm. that now you're getting a lot of like women, particularly black women, who are going to school, getting, right. you know, for going furthering their education, become getting their masters, getting their doctorates, and, mm -hmm. and and things like that. And you know, more often than not, I don't know if it's the focus on education that kind of takes them out of that. What you want to say? Yes, they don't tell us to do both. Right, and it's like because right. it, it, you're you're very focused on you know your career. You're focusing mm -hmm. on you know bettering yourself, mm -hmm. and you know you're kind of removing the priority of developing relationships right so then when mm -hmm. it comes to, to when all that's finished and complete right it's like all right well now it's time for me to settle down and focus on family or you know someone who can potentially fit that mold of what i want and then more likely than not you're dealing with somebody who may be less educated right because mm -hmm. you focus so much on education mm -hmm. um and then that may be intimidating on some level to men do you feel yeah, hell yeah. When somebody <laughs> asks me, hell yeah, yes. Mm. <laughs> Just saying, I mean, you know, first dinner date and the question is, where have you traveled to? Mm -hmm. I hate, hate that question. I've learned how to own it now mm -hmm. because traveling for anyone who knows me is a huge part of like my self-care and mm -hmm. it's my love and how I see the world and people in the world, obviously. Um, so now I'm like, if you ask, I fully own it. But I do recall having conversations. It's like, all right, bet. Just <laughs> come. We somewhat coming out of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to mention places or dates because, you know, we're not going to do that. But I met a guy. And so we don't have enough people listening yet. To... <laughs> he thought Mexico was a continent. And I was. Oh. Right. I was Check, like, please. <laughs> <laughs> but we hadn't even gotten there. Mm -hmm. We hadn't even gotten there. Mm -hmm. um, it was a phone conversation, and I asked if he liked to travel. And, um, you I'm know, sorry. he said he had been to Mexico, and no shade to Mexico, right? We, mm -hmm. We've been there a hundred times, Reg's right. wedding being one of them, right? Yeah. So no shade to Mexico at all. I love Mexico, oh, right? Beautiful. I'm going yes. back two more times next year because everybody else loves Mexico too. Everybody so, loves Mexico. No shade to Mexico. So I'm like, okay, cool, you know. So he's like, yeah, where have you traveled to? So I'm, you know, running down the different places that I've traveled to. And he's like, you've, you've really traveled to those places? So I'm like, here we go. <laughs> I'm like, I have traveled to those places. So I'm like, where have you traveled to? So he's like, Mexico. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, so have you ever experienced traveling to another continent? And brother said, Mexico is like, Mexico is a continent. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Maybe he thought Central like, America was its own continent or something. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't that, know. That could but be I was his only like, saving grace. You know, maybe like okay. maybe. North America, don't give him Central America, no, don't give him no slacks. <laughs> like everybody so with sixth not, grade geography. So I said, you know, right. I said, you know. Let me just go ahead and let's be open because everybody says be open, Marianne. I mean, <laughs> I know a lot of my friends feel like I kind of can just cut people off very quickly. And I know my patience could be a little slim, but I said, let me just be open. So then we had a conversation on financial literacy and um, he works for himself. And so I'm like, wow, you know, how did you do during COVID? You know what I'm saying? Like. 
because that was a hit on a lot of entrepreneurs and people who, you know, are self-employed. So this is more recent. It's more recent. Mm -hmm. Right. More recent. So, mm -hmm. and he's older than I am. By like... Ah, I was about to ask five, the age. Five, six years. And I'm 38. <laughs> so, he says that he, you know, opened up a bank account. And that was his first time opening up a bank account because he was dating a woman who encouraged him to. Mm -hmm. And now there's nothing wrong with that. However, I do think at a certain age for me, there's a different kind of pull up. And that is just not the kind of pull up that I want to invest in at this time. Mm -hmm. Like financial literacy, being well versed. There are certain things that you're just going to learn along the way, which is mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are very simple things that... I would just rather kind of walk into a situation knowing that you know these things are in place, bruh. Yeah. He had I mad bread in his mattress. <laughs> <laughs> he had mad bread in his mattress. <laughs> the Nike Eight box. years old, just the now opening up a bank account, son. You wilding. Listen, Damn. listen. <clears throat> and we had other conversations. I mean, um, he also felt like you know chivalry was contingent upon how the woman presented herself and who she was. So it became a conversation on, you know, well, you didn't appear like that kind of woman. And so that's why I approached you the way that I approached you. And my thought process was, yeah, but you haven't seen me at a Saturday boozy brunch. Like if mm -hmm. you saw me there, you know, you put a little bit of Meg the Stallion, a little bit of Cardi on, mm -hmm. I, anything can happen. It's free games. <laughs> anything you know can happen. <laughs> anything can happen with the homies. M mimosas and Meg Thee Stallion. Like, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, add a couple shots in there. Anything can happen. You insert know? body, yaddy, 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 You know? And so for me, it was like, I don't want someone who wants to hold me to this pedestal. I'm 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 okay with the ratchet parts of myself, and I wouldn't even identify them as ratchet. I think no. they're just parts that make me me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, yeah. I don't want someone who feels like he's he gets to pick and choose when he gets to be respectful to yeah. me or mm -hmm. about me simply because of how I show up in that moment. Like, nah, you, I'm not going to give you any opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. So that was very easy. That was like two phone conversations. Mm -hmm. He asked me on a date. At that point, I was like, I decline, right? <laughs> and it was really simple math. I was like, right. listen, I, and and I thought he was a nice guy. He just wasn't for me. And I think oftentimes as women, uh, I don't necessarily know that we are encouraged to be able to walk away from something without having to touch the stove to see if it's hot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like if your intuition, if your discernment, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. is saying, nah, sis, this is not it, you get to trust that. And you get to walk away from that. You don't necessarily have to go out on the first date to see that my man probably orders hot water to put all his utensils in, doesn't know how to tip, shows his ass with the waiter or waitress to be like, right. damn, that was a horrible day. You probably got all that in the first two conversations and you Wait, could the just hot, really be like, no. The hot water is a bad thing? <clears throat> it's not a bad thing. I think it's just a matter of how you do it. It's how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, know. You saw hey, her body hey, before the answer? She was like, if you're still going somewhere to eat and you're asking for hot water to wash your utensils before you eat with them, you probably shouldn't be eating there. Yeah, like what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, yeah, like what are you doing? I'm just like, ugh. Valid. You know, is it is it cutoff worthy? No, we probably might have to have a conversation on fine dining mm -hmm. etiquette. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. you know, those there are certain things, and that might just be a deal breaker for someone. Yeah, you it, know, it, depending it, on their line of business, they may have a hundred fine dining mm-hmm. uh, experiences and meetings, and and they might need someone who knows exactly what to do in that space and time. Maybe she or he doesn't have the opportunity to have to teach all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it just depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that we are, as black women, as women of color, we're often, and I feel like this is coming to a turn in a good way, mm-hmm. but I feel like we're often coached that every dude is workable. Like, oh, he got a job, he workable. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got two kids, well, are they by the same woman? Oh, well, he workable. He mm-hmm. got his own place. Uh, so what if he's renting a room somewhere? It's workable. Like everything is workable. And it's like mm-hmm. some shit is just not workable. Mm-hmm. Or some things I just don't want to work. Like, yeah. I don't yeah, care to do that. consider that settling? Maybe for me, maybe not for the next person. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Right? So I'm not mm-hmm. going to knock anybody, any woman who feels like this is someone that she wants to attach herself to, that she wants to work with, pull up, pour into, what have you. That's, that's that sister's decision. I just think for me, I want to, cause I have to be very careful. I know for myself, my line of work, I'm a licensed social worker, right? I wanna see the big picture. I wanna understand why you show up. Man, some shit is for therapy and, out, and outside of me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> like, bruh, I do this all day till five o'clock. Uh-huh. You should really invest in your own thing. She's going to get paid. I'm not going to get paid for this, right? Mm-hmm. Except um, with a headache. I'm empathic. <laughs> so it's naturally, I'm like, oh my God, I want, I want, I feel your pain. I want to, I want to pour in. I just, I just want to love you. So you, so you know how good love is. Lo- nah, no, Mm-mm. no, sis, <laughs> no, mm. no. Mm. And it's not a bad thing. I think it's just a matter of boundaries. Yeah. And yeah. being okay with your boundaries. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you can't pour into someone who's not necessarily on your level, but pick a struggle. Everything can't be, can't a, be deficit, a struggle, bro. Right, yeah. Like, damn, you don't yeah. make no fucking money. <laughs> you yeah. broke yeah. financially and emotionally, yeah. bro. That shit is toxic, dick. That motherfucker yeah. get you hung up. Yeah. But no, 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 no. That's a fact. That, oh, for sure. That's a fact. Yeah. But that's what? that's sometimes what keeps the the, the shorty around, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't have anything else to offer. You cannot. That struggle cannot be sex, too. Like, bro, right. you cannot. Right, right, yeah, right, sure. right. You got to bring something. But for some, <laughs> for some women in that position, that's like the pinnacle, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, he could get me there, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm but so blessed he don't got that no I got money. that. He got, he got 12 baby mamas, but, you know, he could get me there and I could work with him. Right. Um, which is why I think, and that's another dichotomy to this whole thing. Uh, black women and exploring their bodies sexually. Hmm. We don't get permission to do that. Right. The minute mm-hmm. we get a little bit of boobs and a little bit of booty, we got to watch out so that we're not fast. Mm-hmm. I'm like 12. I don't know anything. Why do I have to watch out for these grown ass men? You should be checking these predators. Don't check me. The way that we adultify our boys and girls. Um, and then as we are growing, it's this notion of what good girls and bad girls do when really we're just women mm-hmm. and we're playing the balancing act between it all. Mm-hmm. And this idea that, you know, as women, you shouldn't do this or you should do that. And this is what's going to warrant you a husband. And this is what's not. It's you know, trash. And it goes both it's ways. Trash. I mean, I think men men also experience that same thing, you know, not to not to just 
overcredit. You know, yeah, like discredit what you're saying. But yeah, definitely there's there's growing up, like you said, you know, it's not just women. I think it's just like, you know, we're people. Like we're all going to be different. We're all experiencing this thing. And it's like, you know, I can't live up to what you think the standards are. Because even if we say like women, some people might look like women, but don't identify as such. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So even even in that context, you know, I'm like, how can we just label it all women? You know, it's just like people Mm -hmm. who are growing up and going through all this. And it's just like, you know, there's these societal norms that we're forced to conform to. And if you're not doing it, then then you're putting, you put this, you have this label put on you. And it's like. Yeah, but I think what Marianne is getting at is that like as, 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 Nalda wants to be inclusive. I understand. <laughs> always. Yo, definitely. Always. 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 Yeah. But, yo, so yeah. it's not always a two-way street. And I think <laughs> no. with girls who are growing into adulthood, into women, right, I think that the idea uh, of um, the societal norms that you talk about is that, you know, you want them to be put in the best situation in order to find a husband and be married and start a family. Mm-hmm. And if you're out here doing certain things and that deters the quote unquote good man from wanting to be with you because you're quote unquote fast or you're quote unquote um, labeled something else that, that, that is not going to make that ideal um, model of a husband, you know, want you. Um, And I think that's really the fear that women or mothers pass down to their daughter. Mm-hmm. And fathers too. Fathers too. Because yeah. I hear men talk yeah. about, I don't want my daughter on no stripper pole. Right. Yeah, but right? I mean, and is that totally, a bad thing? <laughs> it's not a bad thing, but here's the thing they uh-huh. totally forget that this same daughter is watching how they treat their mother, mm-hmm. how they treat their aunties, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And what messaging that sends to the very same daughter. <clears throat> you see, because there's, there's this fine line of protection. Mm-hmm. When it comes to my daughter and when it comes to a black woman. Yes. It's a very fine line. It, it, there's there's this fascinating way that some men have the ability to compartmentalize as if this beautiful daughter of yours is not going to grow up into this black woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so understanding that balance. And so I'm I'm saying that whatever you decide to do with your body as a woman is your business. And this idea that good girls do this and bad girls do that, and this is what's going to warrant you a husband. And this is, you know, now though I hear what you're saying as far as like identification and how, and gender norms and so on and so forth. I guess my my thing is that there isn't the same permission to be free. There isn't the same permission to just explore mm-hmm. for women and That's especially right. for black women. You're right. Mm-hmm. No, you're and for right. women That's of right. color, like mm-hmm. legit. I mean. You know, if you go through puberty, I mean, in some other communities, maybe they're just going through puberty. In our communities, it's compounded with everything else. Trauma, you know what I'm saying? Societal norms, uh, you know, racism, adultification of young black girls. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so compounded. And then it's like you get into this adult space and you're like, what am I supposed to do here? Like, I'm not even really sure how to own all of these different facets of myself because I've never been given permission to. Instead, I've always been taught that I have to be ready. I have to be on the defense. I have to Mm -hmm. mind this, that, and the third when it comes to dating, to men, you know, not allowing them to get into your pants. And there's so many different layers of this generational trauma that affects how we move. It's It's by no coincidental circumstance that so many black women have been taught that education is like the path to go on. I mean, mm-hmm. so many of us are probably first generation. 
And so many of us probably have mothers uh, who probably didn't make the best decisions when it came to partnership. <laughs> and as a result was like, listen, don't be here the way I'm here. Their idea probably was, I'm a working woman. I want you to get an education because this idea that education is just going to propel you so much further. It's right. like, get an education, be able to do for yourself. From the little girl's perspective, looking at it, it's like, yeah, I don't know that I necessarily want to be in that kind of a relationship. So if education mm -hmm. is going to give me a little bit more choice, then let me move forward in that, right? Until you get your education and your degrees and then you realize you in a situation just like your mama was, only you got a degree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, let's keep it all the way real. You like, oh, shit, this yeah. bachelor's didn't prevent me from getting my head knocked upside down. Okay, hold on mm -hmm. a second. Let me come mm -hmm. back to the table a minute. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, because it's funny when you mention, like, um, the whole thing with, with fathers and the thin line between their their daughter or girl to, to, to woman, black woman, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, with my father, right? I mean, I've spoken about it on this podcast is that, yeah. you know, my father was a player. My granddaddy was a pimp, <laughs> literally. And my father over-sexualized everything, mm. everything. You know, even though, you know, my parents, they divorced when I was like two. Um, but my father was, you know, never really in a functional relationship. He kind of exposed me or encouraged me to uh, explore my attraction to women at an early age, even at a time when I wasn't prepared for it. And growing up, you know, with a single mother, you know, my, my mom, my stepdad didn't get married till I was 15. I grew up with the idea that subconsciously that relationships just don't work in the mm. end. Mm -hmm. Like for some reason, there's going to be something. And, you know, my mom had been through relationships in and out of relationships as well. So subconsciously, <clears throat> relationships just never work. And I didn't really have the example of a long term successful relationship in front of me. Uh, and of course, I'd have, you know, family members that had been a long-term marriage, but it wasn't ever in front of me to right. see it Not and in your feel nuclear. it. Right, mm -hmm. and be a part of it. So uh, even through college, I was in relationships, long, relatively long-term relationships. And I felt like there was always going to be an event or something that was going to end the relationship. Mm. And that dictated how I behaved in the relationship. Mm. And, you know, I wasn't an angel and she wasn't an angel, but at the same time, subconsciously, I knew this was going to come to an end at some point. So that always dictated my behavior and how I approached the relationship. And funny enough, ultimately that event happened. And I remember like it was yesterday because it's something that, you know, it bothers me to this day. But I remember at her graduation party, graduation dinner, her father came up to me and called me OJ Simpson. Oh, you said, I'm not black, I'm OJ. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But in front of everyone, like at a dinner what? party, he called yeah, me Yeah, so OJ. what was he alluding to? Yeah, what was, right. the, what was the context? So I don't know what he was alluding to. I mean, I can only assume that he was alluding to the fact that... Um, OJ know, killed his wife and got right. away with it? Like, it's, right. it's not like you look like OJ. Like, right. you know like, so all of the, the issues that we were having in the relationship compounded with you know, that event spelled uh -huh. really the doom of that relationship. And it was like justification in my mind that what I, I was right. Mm. Okay. You said something that I want to I want to touch upon. And mm -hmm. you said um, from the time that you were a young man. And, and mm -hmm. this is what I mean by both, you know, 
when it comes to adultifying uh, black and brown babies, mm -hmm. you said as a as a young boy, mm -hmm. everything was over sexualized. Mm -hmm. Right. And so and then what I'm finding is that I find these men who don't know how to verbally express their emotions, mm -hmm. but know how to sexually overcompensate. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So they know how to sex you like they mad. They know how to sex you like they happy. They know how to sex you like you like they love you. And you just have to figure out which kind of sex yeah. is going to lead to this conversation. Like pillow mm -hmm. talk is just different. You're like, mm -hmm. well, you you you're a bit aggressive. Was there something you wanted to get off your chest? Like mm -hmm. it's crazy. Your man, that work was crazy. Like, bro, hold, mm -hmm. wait a minute, hold on. Mm -hmm. I need to go through that physically with you, not in that sense, right? Mm -hmm. But it's this idea, Reg. But it's this idea that mm -hmm. it's not this idea. It, it, it is that it, it's the fact that you are not taught how to process your emotions. Mm -hmm. You're not taught how to own your emotions or even critically think around them Absolutely. to be able to be afforded the space to right. say, this is mm -hmm. how I'm feeling versus I'm, this is how I know how to compensate so right. that I can right. avoid having this conversation. And then when you're talking about like, kind of one foot in one foot out having this idea of how you already know the relationship is going to play out like mm -hmm. i'm definitely i've definitely been guilty of that mm -hmm. and owning the fact that there was a part of me that probably wasn't all the way ready for this relationship mm -hmm. or ready to date or whatever the case may be mm -hmm. i just wasn't ready and so you're attracting a little bit of that unready energy too you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like one foot in one foot out we both one foot in one foot out mm -hmm. um i just know that i've learned how to finesse my shit really well uh -huh, <laughs> so, right, right, right. so i gotta be honest about my own stuff uh -huh. like okay let me be honest about where i stand in all of this mm -hmm. um so that i could be accountable because i can't move forward if i'm if i'm not accountable for myself Mm -hmm. um at the very least and that's exactly what it was because you know i i was that that man that you just described for like the next yeah. five or six years right mm -hmm. until i got to i think maybe about 28 or 29 and mm. i was like and i and you know i was in some toxic type relationships that weren't really relationships and you know things that i probably forced that shouldn't have been forced um, in, in, in trying to make things work with certain people and maybe not even on a relationship level, but, you know, just that in and out thing you were describing. Yeah. And then I became so, like, even though I was still in these situationships, I became so lonely in them. So mm -hmm. lonely in them to the point where I was almost depressed about it. You know? Hell Yeah. <laughs> to be with somebody and feel alone, bro. Yeah. Listen, that's depressing. That even is, hearing that, right, like, that you know like, yeah. And I just remember, like, you know, and again, like, you're still dealing with these people. Like, you're still having conversations. You're still hanging out. You're still doing your thing. You know, mm -hmm. but like, it all means nothing. Yeah. You know. And then it started happening the other way. Like then, mm. like you know, as I was trying to date with intention. It started happening to me the opposite way, like with people looking at me like I was the like discarding me. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, this mm. is this is this is a new feeling. Mm. <laughs> you know, this is mm -hmm. this is not uh, the way this is this is not the way this is supposed to go. Mm -hmm. You know, like you hold know? up, let me just go on and cut a piece of this uh, yeah. little humble yeah. pie right yeah. here. Yeah, little humble pie. You, you know, know? Some whipped cream. 
Yeah, and it was like, wow, like, you know, and, and, and at that point, like, that's when, like, things really started getting hard. Because, you know, you try the online mm-hmm. dating thing, you know, you try, you know, beating people through friends, and, you know, you might even end up dating a friend, and, like, it, none of it mm-hmm. works out, you know? And yeah. then you start to feel hopeless to some level, right? And then, um, you know, ultimately things worked out. I met my beautiful wife. At whose birthday party? Shameless plug. Just say, right. hey. Just and all four of us were there. <laughs> and we were all, all there. All hey. there. Yeah. yeah. And then we, she didn't really accept a date until nine months later. But we got to be persistent sometimes, right? <laughs> That's it. Look at, we, look at you now. I know. Look at me now. So yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, Marianne, you said something earlier too, as far as like, uh, the experience as far as a male growing up mm-hmm. and between a woman not being able to explore and a male being to explore. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a couple of my cousins that are you know in their uh, mid to late thirties that are probably listening to this right now, right? And um, I remember they used to come to my house for winters and and vacations and all this and that. And um, we would go to these parties. Mind you, I'm like the middle, as far as age is concerned, I'm like right right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And we would go to these parties and we would go and hang out. And it would be one of those reds, you watch everybody. Mm. You watch who they with, watch what they doing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Be on your P's and Q's, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then we would come back from the party. My papa's like, so how many girls? Was like, you know what I mean? like, For me, he wanted me to be like out there and exploring and doing mm. me. But as far as my female cousins were concerned, like, yo, man, lock it up. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not supposed to have fun like you. Like, you know what right. I mean? And you kind of, I kind of grew into that, too, <clears throat> a little bit. Until, like, just like Deuce, man, come, like, late 20s, early 30s, yeah. it flipped on me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, yo, like... Am I being told not to go over there? Like, am I being told not to experience this and experience that? Like, you know what I'm saying? And then the same exact thing, Deuce, is like, you're in a situation where you're with somebody, but you feel like you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yo, man, and to this day, like, I I, I almost, like, if they're listening, yo, I apologize, yo, like, to all my cousins and stuff for being the way I was, because (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing, man. Like, I was scaring Mm. people. Mm. I'm pulling people out of cars. I'm doing wild stuff. What is happening here? I was, I was a sav. uh, Toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. Mm. Straight up, yo. Mm. Straight up. Uh, You know, the house protector. You feel what I'm saying? And it was instilled in me by everybody above. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, And it wasn't until my wife, like, you know what I'm saying? That's like, listen, man, don't play that shit over here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you can shut that shit right now. I go around what I do what I want. Right. But you right. All right, I'm going to sit down. You know what I'm saying? I'm going I'm I'm to I'm do me over here and let you do you. And it was, um, it's a gut check, bro, to like mm-hmm. kind of like have everything that you know get flipped. And just to know that like, yo, man, the way you moving is wrong. And like moving forward, like, you know, Deuce has... His, his his little baby and like uh, eventually I aspire to have my kids to like I don't know what I'm gonna have boy girl whatever to to kind of break that cycle you know what I'm saying and uh that's tough even now I kind of like have to check myself check the emotional intelligence to be like yo man you need to chill out like you know what mm-hmm. I mean so it's 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 kind of crazy man it's kind of crazy you know we're yo. human so I mean Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta relax, relate, release, count to ten, breathe slow, calm down, yeah, you know, yeah, before yeah, I yeah. address a situation. Because for sure, it's so much easier for me to just go ham. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not, that's not going to get me anywhere. So I mean, we're right, all human right. in the sense that we have to, con- we're constantly evolving. 
Mm-hmm. Just when we think we got something down, there's another level of growth to it that mm-hmm. we're walking into. Um, and people change, you know, the the wives that you've married and Nando that you're you're about to to have. I mean, these are women and as men, you guys are constantly evolving. So who you were just a couple years ago, when you think about 30 compared to where you are now, to the rest of your lives, it's really mm. being able to grow with this person and right. accept the changes and the ebbs and flows that that come with this person, provided that it's not a, an immediate threat or taxing to you in a sense that Facts. it depletes you and doesn't pour back into you. Um, but love is like, it could be messy. It could be mm-hmm. messy. And I, and I think that is the hardest part getting back to the actual podcast and why we're here um dating after 30 i mean i'm meeting men who are experiencing the trauma of a divorce Mm. Mm. they're like nah that divorce took everything from me i'm not Mm -hmm. living in my mother's basement because i want to (laughs) it's because i can't you know i can't i can't afford to live on my own between alimony child support you know i'm recouping i'm trying to figure it out i'm trying to get my balance in all of this options you talked about online dating i mean if you're the kind of person and there's a lot uh who like the idea of new all the time and the minute a challenge shows up Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ghosting Mm -hmm. like i get ghosting after the first conversation but i don't get ghosting after you've dated someone for two months like right ghosting like no call no show never pick up your 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 call again and then 10 months later no lie you see them somewhere and they want to step to you like everything is great hey girl you look so good it's like bro (laughs) (laughs) is this a modern day movie of ghosts because you really playing with me right now and i feel like right right. in these streets (laughs) (laughs) well not so fast if you've enjoyed this episode of not the best podcast episode 12 dating in your 30s please tune in next time for part two of this very special episode with our guest marianne diaz and don't forget as always follow like subscribe wherever you get your podcasts rate us review us all that good stuff don't forget to share